You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm joined here in the studio by uh, Matt and Ken. How are you both today? Hello. Doing good. Awesome. And uh, we have a lot of new listeners that have been tuning in lately. So if this is your first episode of Triviality, just a reminder, uh, we have episodes that come out every Tuesday. They last uh, right about an hour. And uh, we're basically just a pub trivia style game show podcast uh, with general knowledge trivia. You get about 30 questions a game. New episodes, uh, as I said, every Tuesday uh, with some bonus episodes every month. So if this is your first time listening, uh, you're going to get that experience uh, usually every episode. But if you want to check out some more niche topics, you can look through our feed and uh, get some bonus episodes as well. We have new listeners. We do have some new listeners. At least we've been noticing on the numbers, unless it's just oh, my mom, you know, using multiple, more, yeah, yeah, multiple devices. Yeah. And uh, Jeff isn't here with us today. Can, my mom uh, is smashing that like button. <laughs> smashing <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> She's big on the YouTube. Uh, our other co-host, Jeff, isn't here today. Uh, what's he doing, Ken? I think he's pretty busy. I think he's uh, getting a puppy. I think he's getting a puppy. Getting yeah, and a puppy. Triviality is official puppy. Pound puppy. Is it called Dutch Boy, hopefully? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for anyone who's new, uh, you'll find out what Dutch Boy is very, very soon. Uh, but today's uh, special game is actually uh, brought to you by bptrivia.com. We're super excited uh, to play this game today, and we have a special guest host who put it together for us, and uh, that is Bill Patchak. How are you, Bill? Good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Of course. Uh, we're super excited uh, to have you on the show to play your game. Uh, why don't you take a moment to tell everyone about what you do, what bptrivia.com is, and uh, kind of what we're in store for today. Yeah, so bptrivia.com is a website we started uh, in February 2020, me and my uh, business partner, Colin. Uh, and it's essentially, it's an online trivia league, uh, very similar to a lot of leagues that started up uh, around the pandemic when a lot of trivia went to online only. Uh, so we have all kinds of quizzes. We have uh, blitz quizzes, which are timed like quizzes race against the clock that you get points for going as fast as you can. We have a monthly league where you get a set of seven questions every day uh, and you do as best you can. And that runs every single month for uh, 15 match days. We also have a monthly 100 quiz that you can play at your leisure. You have all month to do it uh, and you just get one point per correct answer. So we just have all kinds of content going on. And actually, today's game uh, specifically will be questions that I've taken from uh, the BPCS, which is our monthly league, the BP Championship Series. Every question I'm running today is old questions from that. So if you like the questions today, maybe you check out the website um, and check out the Championship Series. It, it's it's a lot of fun. We have about 300 people playing right now every month, uh, and we have different columns and rankings and stuff. And 
a championship at the end for the the top winners and all that stuff. So it's 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 a fun time. Very cool. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners can never quite get that trivia fix. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's not on streaming, not podcasting, uh, maybe you know going to a local pub now that things are back open. But everyone needs that extra bit of trivia. And Bill, it sounds like you know you said you have the Blitz and the Daily and the monthly uh, 100 quiz. Uh, is it uh, varying uh, difficulties? Like for di- if someone's like a super hardcore trivia player, they'll enjoy it. But also if someone wants to maybe just get into this type of trivia, will they also have a, a great experience as well? Yeah, so my mom plays and she does not play the championship series because that is like our hardest one. Like that's for like our hardcore trivia players. We have a lot of like really good trivia players that play on the website. Um, I don't know if anybody watches the chase, but uh, Brandon Blackwell and Victoria Gross were both chasers on the mm-hmm. on the chase now, like as part of the weekly game. Uh, they play on the BPCS. Um, Three time Learned League champion Troy Meyer plays. Uh, Steve Perry was playing for a while, but he's taken a hiatus with uh, the pandemic and everything and him being a doctor. But like a lot of the big names in trivia are playing. So the CS is harder. Uh, the questions that are taken from today have been taken from the CS. I actually have percentages attached to these questions because we've ran them already. So after you guys miss or get these questions, you can see how hard they played. Um, I don't expect it to play terribly difficult. Um, I, I took a good chunk of questions, so hopefully you'll get a good taste of uh, the easy and the hard stuff. But uh, the CS is definitely harder. The BP100, um, that is actually a free quiz for anyone. Uh, so even if you're not subscribing to BP Trivia uh, and playing the CS, uh, you can get on BP Trivia and play the BP100 every month for free. And that usually plays a little more mild, a little more casual. Uh, the Blitz quizzes are meant to be easier but because of the time limit it's it's quick and you get you can score higher for how fast you go so i write actually an open blitz every month so one quiz is actually free to all users every month the open blitz and i write that fairly accessibly um but you have to go faster to make sure you get it so there is stuff for everyone there's there's hard blitzes there's easy blitzes the cs is difficult but the hundred is easy and and hopefully there's a lot of stuff on there for everyone very cool that's awesome. Well, one of our friends, Jill Hopkins, was on the chase recently against some of those uh, wonderful competitors. So if you want to join, uh, you know, BP Trivia and play against some, you know, heavy hitters here, and it might be a Dr. Steve Perry or maybe even the lead singer of Journey. You don't know. He could be over <laughs> at BP Trivia. But uh, thank you, Bill, for putting together uh, today's game. And we need a player because Jeff is, uh, you know, at the... Uh, the dog uh, adoption agency, maybe the doggery, doggery sniffing butts or grooming dogs, whatever he's doing over there to, to find the best triviality mascot. Um, but we need a special guest, and we have one today. Uh, he's coming to us from Mobile, Alabama, uh, and he's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and that is Jake Sheets. How are you, Jake? Hello, hello. Doing good. Uh, awesome to have you here today. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and maybe uh, how you found the show? Well, I'm a small engine and lawn equipment mechanic down here in Mobile, Alabama. Um, I used to cut grass. So I was listening to podcasts while I was cutting grass. Oh, that's the best. With, <laughs> I started off with uh, No Such Thing as a Fish, then Trivial Warfare, and then eventually ran out of episodes and looked up trivia. And there's triviality. It works. It works. Awesome. And I'm, gl- I'm glad that our voices uh, helped soothe your ears over the sound of the <laughs> of the uh, lawnmower. <laughs> there's some early episodes where you hear that in the background. That's true. <laughs> Mostly weed eaters and hedge trimmers. Oh, good. Okay. So at least, uh, yeah, we're, you're able to hear us and uh, our nonsense. But as Matt said, yeah, the early episodes it always seem to be someone mowing a lawn outside the window. Immediately. As soon as we hit record, they start mowing, we'd stop, and then they'd stop. And I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Bill, you have this game for us today. We're super excited to play. Uh, Jake, uh, you chose uh, Matt as your partner today. Any idea on a team name, Matt? Well, I think um, since Jake used to listen to us while cutting cutting the lawn, I think that if you get the questions wrong, it'd be a real pain in the grass. 
All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pain in the grass for that team. And then Ken, you and I are partnering today. Uh, any idea on for you? Well, I saw um, the band Cigaros last night. They sometimes sound like, uh, you know, whale noises. So yep. let's just be uh, whale sounds. Whale sounds. Oh, that sounds fun. All right. Some people, I think, think our podcast is whale sounds because they go to sleep with it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to throw it to the rules uh, just so you can get a, a feel for the game and how it's going to be played. Let's have Darren do that in whale, though. All right. So our, our uh, voiceover artist is going to do it in whale sounds. Here you go. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. It was still, mm. still understandable. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if I'd cut it in just whale noises <laughs> and, over the over the theme song? And all the new listeners are like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I won't do that, though. Uh, all right, Bill, uh, you have the keys uh, to the car. Let's uh, let's rock and roll. All right, guys. Uh, so like I said, all these questions are going to be taken from the BP Championship Series from BPTrivia.com. So if you are a BP Trivia user, uh, first of all, I appreciate your support. But second of all, you may have heard these questions. So hopefully you enjoy them again. Um, also, if you are a new user on BPTrivia.com, we have a feature, which is the coolest feature. And sorry to, to get into this before we start the game, but uh, we just implemented Quiz On Demand, which is a thing that at any point you can go on BP Trivia and generate a quiz with old questions. Because at this point, we have about 12,000 questions on the website because of how many quizzes we've written. So you can select your parameters, you can select your category, your difficulty, what quizzes you want to pull from, and click create a quiz up to 20 questions. And you literally can play along with a quiz of questions that we've already used. So if you are a new user, you can have access to play quizzes from like the last two years, which is super cool. That's super um, cool. Yeah. And it also gives you a link that you can send to your friends and it creates a little leaderboard that you play against your friends. So like Matt, you can go in there and create a 20 question quiz get crushed by it, send it to Neil, then he can get crushed by it. Then you send it to Ken and he gets on there and crushes you guys and you can brag to his friends and stuff. So it's actually a super cool feature. I actually ended up using the quiz on demand feature when I got these questions because I set the parameters. I want BPCS questions. I want these categories. I want this and just kind of like turned out questions and put together a little quiz for you guys. So, well, Matt, after uh, this, we'll uh, we'll do a basketball challenge. <laughs> Me and you. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. No, not really. Oh. <laughs> You can definitely do sports. Sports is a category we have, and you can just select sports and generate a 20-question sports quiz, and you can set how hard you want it and what it pulls from. So, Or you could skip sports, cool. which is what most people like to do. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a niche category for some. It's either you know a lot or you know a little. So, All right, uh, let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, question one, your category is notable poems. The fifth stanza of what poem opens cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon behind them, volleyed and thunder that's the song from reservoir dogs right ken spoilers <laughs> stuck in the middle <laughs> yeah cannon to the left of them cannon oh. to the right of them <laughs> all right me and neil uh put our heads together and we have a reasonable answer here oh so they have a reasonable answer do we have any kind of answer uh it's one of those ones that i think Francis Scott Key did. Okay. Did you do the Star Spangled Banner? He did, and that was what I was going to say, but I was afraid it was going to sound dumb, so I hope it might be the right answer. the only thing I could think it could be. If it's anything else, I didn't know it. Okay. Uh, Francis Scott Key, uh, Star Spangled Banner. Star Spangled Banner does have a bunch of uh, other verses that uh, 
we typically don't know about. So that was my original thought, but I think Neil was thinking of Charge of the Light Brigade. Yes. Yeah, and so that's what we're going to say. Yeah, cannon to the left of them, cannon to the right of them, cannon behind them, volleyed and thundered. That is in the fifth stanza of the Charge of the Light Brigade. Wow. So that is correct. Good get, guys. Hey, uh, Neil, remind me of that whale sounds uh, rally cheer. Oh, there, can... that was it. Yeah. Not good. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was Chewbacca. That's what that was. Yeah, that was, that was Chewbacca riding a whale. All right, guys, let's go into question two here. Category here is multiple meanings. A verb meaning to crimp the edges of a pie crust, the shallow grooves running along the side of a column or pillar, and the stemware most closely used to drink champagne all share what musically themed name? Mm. I think we can lock in here. Okay. Um, I had nothing until champagne. What do you think, Jake? Same here. Uh, I drink champagne out of solo cups. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think, know what any of um, glass is called. Yeah, I believe we had to stock these up back when I worked at basketball player restaurant. Um, <laughs> uh, I think this is a flute. But we flute. could say flute. That's, yeah. That fits the rest of it, so I like that. Yeah, I had nothing until the uh, champagne and the musical instrument, and we too said flute. Yeah, fun fact. The uh, the crimp on the edges of a pie crust, they are, it's called fluting. It is mm. a flute here. And you said the, the rivets or the, the ridges in a column too? The shallow grooves running along the Ooh. side of a column or pillar is flute or fluting. If yeah. we have any uh, architects out there, let us know. Do, do, does the column need those for strength, maybe? Oh, yeah. Is it just uh, or is it just uh, aesthetic? Design? Yeah, like aesthetic, or is it used for something? Maybe like, you know, if, when it rained, no, it wouldn't matter if it rained, I guess. Anyways, architects, let us know. Yeah, and maybe they're called professional flautists that do that. That's Their only job is to chisel <laughs> that into columns. Very niche career. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, let's move into question three here. Category here is stage adaptations. What 1965 stage play was adapted 20 years later to feature a pair of female characters as the lead roles, changing the original lead characters' names to Florence and Olive? I think we can lock in. Oh, good, Neil. Good. I don't have too much of a clue here. Do you have any idea? Uh, not a very large play guy yeah me either i think we picked the wrong partners don't get here. Out to the theater, man. <laughs> no we'll, we'll pick them up in the second half yeah maybe um oh boy uh i'm just trying to think of like a two-person act play um what we really need is a stage adaptation of the movie the lawnmower man and we know jake mm. will be there front row yeah i will be right there <laughs> yeah um well, I don't. I don't really have a good idea on anything here. Um, do you think that maybe that this is a they made a uh, of mice and men, gender swapped play of rats and women? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Um, that's okay though. Do you want, do you want to lock in with of mice and men? Yeah, I like it. All right. Thank you. Don't. Thank you, Jake, for the episode title. Yes, and, right. Uh, <laughs> dun, 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 yeah, this dun, one, dun, 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 1965. Oh, yeah. I think of Neil Simon. Uh, two people. Uh, we're going odd couple. The odd couple. Yeah, Florence and Olive were changed from Felix and Oscar. Olive, yeah. This is the odd couple. 
I had no idea that they did that in 1985. That's that's awesome. Uh, Because usually when you think of plays with two people, it's either like Waiting for Godot, I think, has two. uh, My Dinner with Andre, which is the movie, but then uh, Odd Couple is sort of the big one. So I didn't know that was a play. I didn't know either. Yeah, yeah. Neil Simon. TV show. Yeah, certainly the TV show, and I think there was a movie adaptation as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, with Um, Walter Matthau. And a down. Yeah, he was actually. I believe he was. I believe Walter Matthau was in the original stage play, and I don't, I don't remember who his co-star was, and I don't think it was the same for the movie. But um, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, speaking of old TV, your next category here is going to be TV characters sharing his first and last name with a three-time Oscar-nominated actor. What New York City municipal sewer worker, whose middle name was Lily White, was ranked number two on TV Guide's list of the fifty greatest TV characters of all time? This is a Neil question, if I've ever heard it. Yeah, I know. I just I, I would need some time to think about it, and I don't want to take too much time. There's, I'm trying to think of the most famous characters of all time, and uh, it's I know the it makes me first think of the honeymooners, but he's a bus driver, and uh, his name I don't believe is the same as the actor Jackie Gleason. All right, Neil. Um, I think we're coming up kind of blank here. Do you want to tap out on this one or take a wild stab? The, the person you wrote down is an iconic actor and character from TV. I don't know if he won or was nominated for any Oscars, but let's just go with that. Okay. All right. So they're locked in. With Af- nothing. After much discussion and not much solution. Do you have any idea here, Jake? Uh, no. Kramer worked for the sewage system. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember a Cosmo Kramer being nominated for a Kramerica no. Sewer Industries. Um, when you're looking at the top ten, these lists are always um, like Hawkeye from Mash. I believe is always up there. Sam Malone. Sam Malone was one of my guesses, but he was a baseball pitcher. I don't think he worked at the city. And then um, Andy Kaufman's character from Taxi. Is also up there, and I don't know if he worked at the taxi company or he worked. That was set in New York City, but I don't know his name either, so I got nothing when it comes down to it. <laughs> and you have nothing either, right? Oh, uh, they said Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> yeah, that that is He's also one. that's He's another wrong answer we could throw in there. Um, <laughs> What's an Oscar nominated actor? See, and and there's there's many many men who have been. And women, I don't know, but he said actor, who have been named, um, who have three Oscar nominees. So that's a tougher route to go through, I think. Um, it's a nice, boring Oscar name. Yeah, and that's and that's why I liked Sam Malone, because I feel like that could be a name. Um, I'm fine with it. Okay, we're going to go Sam Lily White Malone. Yeah, we thought about uh, Andy Kaufman's taxi character, but again, we also didn't know his character's name, so we went with Bob Newhart, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one of you actually said the TV show this character is from. Uh, it is the second, uh, probably the third most famous character after Ralph Cramden and his wife. His friend is named Edward Norton. Oh, that's Edward right. Edward Norton is Ralph Cramden's best friend on The Honeymooners. Uh, apparently the second best character of all time. Not a show I've ever watched, but apparently they, they love their Ed Norton. And then obviously Edward Norton, the actor, nominated for... I would guess American History X, um, Birdman, maybe. Hulk. And what do we think? Right. Yeah, definitely the Hulk. Definitely Hulk. Yeah, don't the even look at it. It's definitely Hulk. <laughs> I should have known oh, that. Yes, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I should have known that because uh, Mel Blanc, who famously did uh, Bugs Bunny, Bunny, he also did Barney Rubble on the Flintstones, and he initially did his own voice for the Flintstones, but then was told if you could uh, fashion it after Edward Norton from The Honeymooners to do his voice, mm. which is the, hey, Fred, hey, Fred, that kind of you know voice. There you go. 
what do we old think the third Edward Norton movie is? Because I can't think old of people it. shows are on it. Fight Club. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll check the mainframe as as you move on, and we'll let you know. Okay. Maybe Fight Club. I feel like I would know that, but I don't know. I'm probably just missing something major. The next question. The category is the Iliad. According to the Iliad, what Trojan prince, a notable leader in the defense of Troy, was the last person killed by the mythological hero Achilles, or Achilles for game show fans? This legendary fighter shares a portion of his name with a portion of his mother's name. And the mainframe is checked in. Primal Fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, his that's early such a role, movie. Primal Fear. I thought it might be that, but I didn't want to sound silly. No, that's a, that's a good movie with uh, Richard Gere. Yep. Mm. Um, feels really, do you have really an fun. idea on this uh, on this question? I only have an idea. You've I- seen Troy, yes? I have seen Troy. So the the older prince? I, I'm if it's who I think it is, I'm guessing it's Eric, Eric Bana. Bana yeah. I know the name. <laughs> All right, I do too. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna lock in with Eric Bana, but his actual name when we do say our answer, yes. So Hulk, Hulk, yeah, another Hulk, <laughs> the other Hulk. <laughs> There's a through line here. I'm just noticing. Um, the less incredible Hulk. I can name a whole bunch of other people from the Iliad, but the yeah. one that needs to happen has um, left my brain completely. I'm gonna. So this is. I think that the mother was, um, Helen of Troy. Was would that's the wife of Agamemnon the Greek? Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I have, Helen's the one that they the, the whole yeah they launched all the ships yeah. Um, maybe you should uh, defer on this one to the person who has some Iliad knowledge. Okay. We'll drop Except some. I, just said I don't. I don't know it. Is the uh, problem. It's left in my brain. I can. I can tell you all the ones it isn't. This is the problem. Okay, let's do process of elimination. <laughs> I was just gonna say Hercules. That's all I could think of. So I don't think that's right. But it's Greek, so it'd be Heracles. Yeah. Well, then is Heracles the son of Hera? Does that make sense? Yeah, in a roundabout way, but not really. Well, the stepson of Hera. That's okay. There's still family. It's 2022, <laughs> right? I've seen This Is Us. I know how this works. Can we... <laughs> Are you, do you want to go with Heracles then? Uh, to get things moving, we'll go with Heracles. All right. Now, in the Nutty Professor Greek version, do they does he say Heracles, Heracles yeah, they... instead? I don't know. So we're going off the movie, Troy, yeah? Yes. And uh, we know, uh, as we said, Eric Bana gets killed by Achilles, um, and his character's name was Hector and uh, Orlando Bloom was uh was paris but we're going to go with hector yeah so heracles is actually a good guess because he does share a portion of his name with his mother right hera uh but it is not heracles he's not uh particularly in the iliad story here um sharing part of his name with his mother hecuba it is hector Mm. awesome well after that first five questions uh all great uh looks like we have 40 points over here at whale sound so we're uh we're moving pretty quick in the water and uh, team Pain in the Grass, only 10 points, but uh, the engine's just getting going. You guys are going to cut up uh, some extra questions here in the second half. All right, let's move on to question six here. U.S. cities is your category. What U.S. city of nearly 95,000 people, the fifth largest in its state, is situated roughly halfway between Cleveland, Ohio, and Buffalo, New York? Maybe. Yeah. You want to go with that? Yeah. All right, we're going to lock in with a, a fun guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're probably looking in Pennsylvania, right? Does that sound right? 
uh, there's not much in the way between Ohio and New York. Mm-hmm. And there's not very many big cities in the top of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pittsburgh's all the way down south. Philadelphia's all the way down south. And then the only other ones that I can even name would be Hershey. They're probably thinking Scranton. I know. I think that it's a, it's a large city. Ninety-five thousand seems right. There's Albany on the west side of New York. Of New York, I think, because I know Buffalo is way up north, right? Right, but Albany, I don't, I don't think that's even fifth in New York, depending on if maybe. Well, it's everyone in New York City, and some of the people in Buffalo. <laughs> what other? Outside of Albany, there's what else? Yeah. I mean, Syracuse? I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure different suburbs of New York City probably have more than that. But uh, they're not going to be in the way of Ohio to yeah. Buffalo. Do you want to go with Scranton or Albany? I'll defer. Um, if we want to get points back on them, I say we go with Albany because I'm pretty sure they went with Scranton. So okay. if they're wrong and we're right, we get points. If not, we're still same distance away, right? Okay. We're going to go with Albany. And yeah, we did say Scranton as predicted. So Cleveland and Buffalo are both on a lake called Lake Erie. And halfway between Cleveland and Buffalo is the town of Erie, Pennsylvania, which is also on the Lake Erie. So Erie, Pennsylvania, your answer on that one. I always thought of it as Erie, Indiana. I didn't even know there was an Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, because they didn't make a show about it. No, there's an Erie, Indiana. Yeah, the old TV show. Mm Mm-hmm. Creepy. All right, let's go ahead and move into your next question. The category here is magazine covers. For the first time in its history, Time Magazine replaced its iconic Time logo for its issue dated November 2nd, 2020. What word replaces the word Time in the logo for this issue's cover? All right, uh, Neil had a good idea here, and uh, we'll lock in. Oh, boy, Jake. Do you, do you have this issue? Have you framed it? Is this something uh, you're familiar with? Oh, it's right over there. You can't see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, the date is telling me something about Joseph Robinette Biden, right? Mm-hmm. Would, but, they, would he piggyback off of Barack with change? It could be, because this was, this was before the election. Um, but November 2nd would be... Because usually it's the first week of November. So I think this would be leading up to the election. But change change sounds good. Um, It would fit, right? Yeah. It's not too big. Not too many letters. (laughs) I like it. Easy to read. Yeah. Good. Head over it. You can still see what it says. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to lock in with change. Okay. We wrote down a lot of. Uh, different answers. I remember there was a time issue, I believe, that had a mirror um, that was pretty big. I just don't know if it was during this time. So we said, well, is it a mirror possibly and it's time backwards like emit? Uh, we thought maybe because of the pandemic, it could be pause um, instead of time. Uh, but because it's sort of reaching up into the election and it's four letters just like time, we thought maybe it's just vote. Yeah, Matt and Jake were dancing all around it. It is vote. Mm-hmm. Election related for sure. All right, your next question here. The category is World Series records. On October 2nd, 1968, what Cardinals pitcher struck out 17 Detroit Tigers to set a World Series record that still stands today? 
Shoeless Joe Jackson, obviously. <laughs> no idea. No clue. Yeah, I'm not too good on Baltimore Oriole pitchers. That's good because it was a Cardinal. A Cardinal. Okay. Well, good thing. Nolan <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. I, I do know some Cardinal pitchers. Uh, I'll lock us in with one. Adam Wainwright. It's a little, little early for him. You guys a are locked in? A bird's yeah. a bird, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're locked in. All right. This is a sports question. We got to get it right. No? Dang. An, an actual Cardinal. Mm-hmm. One of the Pope's guys. <laughs> Cardinal Francis. I I don't I don't know. Um thinking of that era of dominant pitchers, I don't even know who played for the Cardinals to be honest. Um I block out most of their history as a Cubs fan. I'm not allowed to learn about it. So they, they take those redact those pages in the history book. Um so I, like Don Sutton is a is a good pitcher from that era. Um I don't think I'm going to get anywhere else. I don't think it was um, – it's not like a Cy Young or anyone like that. I, I think we could say Don Sutton if you're okay with that. Uh, if he was from around then, yeah. Yeah, he's a – When sick. was Tommy John – was Tommy John's a good guy? Tommy John um, was 70s, I think, is when – and he got the surgery that they named after him. But – I think may, Bob Gibson, maybe. But I think he's a Cardinal. Isn't that what we want as a Cardinal? I mean, he's a Dodger. You're right. <laughs> we do want a Cardinal. We're um, straying from the birds with the Dodgers. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna. I think Don Sutton's what I'm most comfortable with. All right, we're locked in. Along with Matt living here in Chicago, it's it's uh, hard to think about Cardinals uh, or learn about them. Uh, same thing with the Brewers and, and whatnot. Um, but I, I know Sandy Koufax was a big picture, 60s and 70s. I think he was Dodgers or Mets or something. I can't remember, but um, there's just a name that popped in my head. So we said Sandy Koufax. Matt, you had it. It's Bob Gibson. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's yeah, painful. Bob Gibson's 17 strikeouts in a World Series uh, still stands today. Bob Gibson is your answer. So nobody got it. So is he also a Dodger too? He was a Cardinal and a Dodger. Bob I don't Gibson? know. Yeah. I need to trust my second gut is what it, what it is. First gut, no more. Only second I, gut. I will say specifically, I am not a baseball fan, so I could not tell you. This is just a question that I wrote because people like baseball questions, so I wrote it. But I, I don't have much knowledge here, so I you're, cannot help. You're like a trivia cow. You have several guts, but you got to make sure you trust the right one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go into the next category. Uh, it is Red Hot Chili Peppers but not the band also known as a Caribbean red pepper. What chili pepper gets its common name from its resemblance to a Tam O'Shanter? A Tam O'Shanter? A Tam O'Shanter. I don't know at all what that is. Um, do you want to just say Thai chili? Sure. Or, or what about uh habanero? Oh, we could do that too. Let's say habanero. Habanero. Okay. You said it was going to be gettable, but I feel like it's been half gettable. Yeah. <laughs> a Tam O'Shanter. Is it like a sickle? Oh, uh, maybe. Like a reaper? Oh, that's a that's a very good guess. The... I feel like that's called a Carolina reaper, isn't it? Yeah, but that's because it's from Carolina. So I think... I said it was Caribbean, didn't it? Would have thought the grass cutting would come in. Yeah. He's cutting up a bunch of peppers. Um... Yeah, because I don't think it's a ghost pepper. 
or is it? Oh, my second my second gut saying ghost pepper now. <laughs> I thought the, the man knows said, what a tam o shanter is. I don't. Oh, I was oh. guessing that it might be a sickle. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he said it was Caribbean. Is where it's from, right? Yeah. So, Carolina Reaper would be from Carolina. That's not from the Caribbean. Well, I think the Reaper was a. I think that's the man-made one that crossed the ghost pepper with the habanero. So that one would wouldn't be it either. So, do you want to do maybe the ghost pepper? Let's go. What does your third gut say between the two? Uh, I think ghost You're turning pepper. Turning that into a cow. I know. Too many stomach cows. compartments. <laughs> Too many he, stomachs. He's ruminating on this. Uh, let's go ghost pepper. Ghost pepper. I like it. Yep. And while Matt was chewing cud, we just said habanero. Okay. So a tamashanter is actually a hat in Scotland. Uh, this is a scotch bonnet pepper. Scotch <laughs> bonnet. Oh, wow. Well, good news. We were never going to get that. Yeah. So never I feel good. <laughs> never heard of that. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, we have one question left in round one. This category is song title inspirations. According to an interview with Howard Stern... Billy Joel originally had an S at the end of what song title, as it was conceived on an occasion when he was surrounded by Christy Brinkley, Whitney Houston, and his then girlfriend, oh. Elle McPherson. Ah, classic, classic trivia question. That's right. I think I, I wrote something similar to this. Yeah. Uh, just because of the the model connection. Um, it was a different angle, though. But uh, you said you, it right you away. You too, as a child, were surrounded by those uh, those three in your bedroom on posters, right? That's true. They and I, I moved the, the uh, posters around a little bit so that my eyeline would always change. So I felt like I have a new girlfriend. <laughs> every every angle I looked. But really, at. you had none. I had none. Yeah. Me too. I assume uh, all we're your posters in. were Patrick Swayze. There there wasn't a Patrick Swayze poster until much later when I was an adult man, which maybe is less uh, impressive. <laughs> all right, we're locked in. Hmm. Are you a I big wrote, Billy Joel fanatic? I wrote Soup Town Girls, but I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> it's not pianos, man. Or, uh... or I guess it. Wait, was the S supposed to go at the front or the back? At the S at at the end, and I think it's Uptown okay, Girls. Then, yeah, for sure. But I sub, thought you said at the front. That's why I was confused. Girls. That's my intro usually. Uh, I know for a fact Uptown Girl is definitely about all the models. Or if he was a pyromaniac, we didn't start the fires. And he's just That's letting, true. telling the police that he didn't do it. Or if it's about belly buttons uh, moving outs. <laughs> he did drive through that house that one time. <laughs> we can we can log in with Uptown Girls. And same for us. Uh, yeah, that Billy Joel song is Uptown Girl. Originally Uptown Girls for his models and celebrity girls. But Uptown Girl is correct to finish up your first round. Awesome. Well, after the first round, it looks like uh, Team Pain in the Grass uh, picked up a little bit of dirt on that last question. So they're, they're getting going here. They got 20 points. And uh, Team Whale Sounds is still uh, swimming uh, pretty fast here. We have 60 points. We make a good pod. We do make a good Oh, nice. We do make a good pod. Uh, and uh, Bill, speaking of BP Trivia, you mentioned before we started that uh, you know the quiz on demand uh, is, is pretty awesome where you can create your own quizzes. We have a lot of listeners here who host trivia, uh, who host trivia nights with their friends or um, charity events, go to their library, all that kind of stuff. So it sounds like a great resource for them. Just curious, uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of listeners around the world. So BB Trivia, I'm assuming, is just available worldwide for, for listeners, for anyone. Uh, yeah, as of right now, it is available. We actually have um, we have a lot of players from the UK that are on BP Trivia. We had uh, we had our championship tournament, our live tournament um, at the end of last year, and we actually had uh, someone from the UK qualify for that as one of our 12 finalists. So uh, Sean Webb from the United Kingdom qualified as one of our top 12. So 
He also qualified again for this tournament, so he'll be he'll be in it again. Essentially, the top finisher for each month will qualify for the tournament. Last year, we did one per month for 12, and now we have actually more people, so we do two columns. Uh, wow. So we'll have 24 finalists this year for the BPCS finals, so that's cool. That's wonderful. Well, we have a lot of listeners, uh, all of you listening in you know, the Europe, uh, Australia, uh, all around, uh, in Asia, and anywhere else. Uh, make sure to check it out and maybe join uh, one of these competitions. Yeah, I will say uh, I, I am an American man, unfortunately. So I, I think I do have an American bias when I write questions, but hopefully that the questions are accessible and fun for everyone all around the world. Um, and I, I always focus on trying to make sure I include as many people possible as I can and not leave anyone in, in the dirt. Uh, no offense, uh, hanging in the grass or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing all right. Well, uh, well. speaking of uh, questions, you, we've had some really great ones for the first round. Uh, what do you have in store for us for the swing round? I heard it's a little bit different than our normal uh, format, but it sounds like something that uh, is really interesting and something we'll love. Yeah, so for the swing round today, uh, normally I think you guys have like 10 questions that you guys kind of marinate over. Rather than doing 10 questions, today we're just going to do one single question that has a bunch of different answers, and you're going to come up with as many of those answers as you can, uh, up to 10. Like I think we usually do a 10-point swing or a 10-question swing round. So you guys can name 10 answers. Um, Neil, what is it, five five points per correct answer? That's that correct. good to me. Okay, so yeah, uh, let's go ahead and go right into your swing round then. Uh, your question for your swing round Actor Samuel L. Jackson has died in 28 feature films. I need you to name 10 of those feature films in which Samuel L. Jackson has died. Quick question before we go to break. Uh, does implied death count or no? I believe implied death counts. I don't think you have to see him. I think if his character is implied to die, then it does count. Okay. Um, if, if you put something that isn't on this list and we find out that it, there is an implied death or some kind of death, and we can we can award credit after the fact. Right. But I do think I've covered most of the bases on this list. All right, sounds good. We'll uh, be right back as we marinate on these Sam L. Juices. <laughs> I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we have our 10 movies lined up. So uh, maybe we should just go down our lists and then we can hear the full list and see how we did. Cool. Uh, do you want to go first, uh, 
Ken and uh, or Ken, you're <laughs> I'm on your team, Neil. Yeah, that's right. Do you uh, want to go first? No, no. I do. Uh, our guest, uh, Jake and Matt, uh, pain in the grass. Would you guys like to go first? Sure. Um, let's do it. You you say one. I'll say one. We'll go back and forth. All right. So I'll say deep blue sea get guts ate by the shark. Mm, we'll say episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Ah, good good call. Uh, Django Unchained. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. We got uh, the hateful eight. Um, we said glass. We got a uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, Jurassic Park. And Jackie Brown. And then last, Die Hard Three, which I don't think is right. Pretty good list. Uh, we went with. I'll just do them all. If That's you don't fine. Mind. Yeah. Uh, we went with True Romance. Brief role for him because he dies. Uh, Kill Bill Volume Two. Again, brief. Jackie Brown, Django Unchained, Jurassic Park, Goodfellas, Deep Blue Sea, Hard Eight, Kingsman, The Secret Service, and 187. Okay. Would you rather me read the list or tell you how you guys did? Uh, read the list yeah, and we'll, we'll score ourselves. We'll it. Yeah, it'll be good for, uh, for folks at home, too, to kind of memorize it if they can. All right. Here are your 28 films in which Samuel L. Jackson dies. I believe they are in chronological order. Goodfellas, Jungle Fever, Jurassic Park. True Romance, Hard Eight, Eve's Bayou, Jackie Brown, 187, Deep Blue Sea, Basic, Twisted, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, Lakeview Terrace, The Spirit, The Other Guys, Django Unchained, Meeting Evil, The Samaritan, Kill Bill Volume 2, Reasonable Doubt, Kingsman The Secret Service, the Hateful Eight, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Kong Skull Island, Avengers Infinity War, Glass, Spiral, The Asset. Awesome. We, we, so I think you only missed one or two? We just missed one. We had nine out of ten. I completely forgot about Star Wars. We didn't even think about it. And of course, that's a huge one. Or Avengers. Or Avengers. Uh, I forgot He's about, back, though. I forgot about the movie Lakeview Terrace. That's where I believe he plays a police officer in a subdivision. He gets in an he argument starts, with Patrick Wilson, I think. Yeah, he starts like harassing him or yeah. something. Uh, anyways, uh, I think we got 50 points there. All right, and that brings us to the second round. And that brings the scores to 110 to 65. All right. Let's go ahead and start with the second round here. Your first category of round two is 20th century quotes. In reference to a notable event in 1955, what woman said the following? My only concern was to get home after a hard day's work. Okay, they're locked in. Does this quote sound familiar? Uh, no, but the only thing I can think of is an outcast song. Okay. Which one? Rosa Parks. Oh, that makes sense. She'd get on the bus. I don't know if the bus boycott was that early, but if it's not that, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was going to say Jackie Kennedy, but I don't think that's right. So She's never worked hard once. Okay. Well, shots fired at Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> wow. May she rest in peace. Yeah, that's all right. I shouldn't say shots fired at a Kennedy. Let's go with uh, Rosa Parks. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. Uh, we, too, said the Rosa Parks bus incident. My only concern was to get home after a hard day's work. This is Rosa Parks. Very good. A-plus outcast reference, too. Yes, great job all around. I do like that song. Let's go into your next question here. NHL goalies is your category. 
Between 1991 and 2015, goaltender Martin Brodeur racked up an impressive 691 wins, which makes him the all-time NHL leader in regular season wins. Brodeur played the majority of his career with what team, helping that team win three championships during his tenure? We're locked in. I'm curious. We're all locked in. Yeah, you're wearing a Golden Knight shirt, so I assume you're a hockey fan. Grew up, yeah, I grew up in Belleville, New Jersey, too. So oh, there you go. Got to support the team. So we'll say Hop the on devils. a train. <laughs> the Devils. Uh, yes, this is the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and fun fact, this is actually, percentage-wise, this is one of the harder questions that I am running today based on really? the website. Yeah. yeah, it's the one where we're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Funner, funner fact, I played hockey with Brodor's son. Oh, oh that funner. is a fun fact. Cool. What, what position yeah. did he play? Uh, he was playing a goalie. I was goalie on the other side of the... Oh, did you guys have a fight. fist fight at some point? Uh, how'd that go? Uh, de- definitely junior hockey fist fight at the pickup <laughs> hockey game. You got to love when the goalies <laughs> drop the gloves. That's how you know. <laughs> All right. Question three of round two. Category here is figures of speech. The line, all the world's a stage from Shakespeare's As You Like It, is one of the most well-known examples of what figure of speech? We're locked in. What do you, what do you guys remember from your... Uh... High school English. Um, Simile is when you say like or as, and metaphor is when you don't. So yeah. it's a metaphor, right? As you like it. No, you're, that's the wrong part. All the question. world's a stage. All the, All world's, the world's a stage. stage. We had to oh. recite this in uh, Mr. Moe's Arts and Humanities class, ah. like a monologue. Everyone had to do it up, their own version of it up on a stool. That's cool. And then oh, he yes. did it. He put his leg up did on the you, stool. Did you do yours as a 1930s gangster? All the world's a stage, see? Yeah, and I just added C, and which Shakespeare probably would have been okay with. Yeah. So if we said this podcast is torture, that's a metaphor. But if we said if it was like torture, it's a simile. Yes. So this is a metaphor. <laughs> this is a yes, metaphor. It's a all metaphor. a metaphor. <laughs> it's not really torture. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we said metaphor as well. Yeah, all the world's a stage. That is a metaphor. Metaphor is correct on that one. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next question here. Round two, question four. World leaders is your category. Holding the position from 2001 to 2010, Gloria Macapagal Arroyo was only the second female in the history of her country to hold the office of president. Who was the first serving from 1986 to 1992? Yeah, we could do that. Okay, we are locked in with somewhat of a guess. Maybe we can guess a country. Yeah, I think I I think Venezuela had a female president in or Colum, Colombia somewhere I I think it's um South American. Um but I And from there we need to get the name of the other lady. I know, and that doesn't that's not helpful and I don't really I world history is probably probably my actual weakest point cuz at least with books there's only so many that people ever ask questions about, and I can guess through them. <laughs> but there's a lot of people in history, and I don't know these. Do you want to go with a, a Lucky Lopez? I like Lucky Lopez. Okay. We're locked Left in. Left eye Lucky Lopez. <laughs> All right. Uh, we think this might be related to Argentina and crying or something. Uh, so we said uh, Perón. All right, so Gloria Arroyo was the second female in the history of her country to hold the office of president. Who was the first from 1986 to 1992? Uh, the country is actually the Philippines, mm. and the first female president of the Philippines uh, in that time frame was Corazon Aquino. 
Oh, okay. Cool. Corazon Aquino. Cool name. It is a cool name. I think it means heart, heart of Aquino. Aquino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, of course, is English for the Nino. <laughs> <laughs> your next question here, directorial debuts is your category. Fans of a 12-ounce Cold Stone Creamery treat might be able to name this 1986 movie, the feature-length film debut for its iconic director. It stars Tracy Camilla Johns as Nora Darling and was made into a Netflix series in 2017 starring DeWanda Wise. What is the four-word title of this film? Yeah, I think that's definitely it. Okay. All right, we are going to lock in with, uh, with a guess. Um, I've never been near a Cold Stone Creamery. Uh, well, their sizes are like, because Aziz Ansari does a, a bit about this, and it's... That the sizes are funny? Like it, love it, and gotta have it, I think is those, the sizes, because they don't have normal sizes. That's good to know. Yeah. That confirms our answer. No. Um, oh. Gotta have more of it. I think it might be some... No. Not some like it hot, maybe. Um, Wouldn't that be a movie from the the forties, fifties? I yeah, it would be. I think this might be the the summer camp show that was that came out in twenty seventeen. It was a movie, um, iconic. American Summer. Yeah, that's that doesn't. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like an awful ice cream cup size. Yeah, but <laughs> that those time frames make sense. What Hot American Summer came out in the mid to late nineties, didn't? Oh, it? did it? That Paul Rudd and yeah. Elizabeth Banks and the guy from CSI. Yeah. One of my faves. Um, so I can't think of anything else with like it outside of some like it hot or. I mean, some like it hot. If it's the smallest one, it could be a glass of milk, I guess. Right. Yeah. Or some some <laughs> like their ice cream hot. Um, are you okay locking it's in with ice that? Ice cream then? soup. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got nothing in on this. So. All right. So there we go. Some right. like it hot. You guys were right on the trail. Yeah, uh, I was thinking mid '80s, uh, iconic director uh, debut and whatnot. I didn't debut know joint debut joint. Yeah, we didn't know "Gotta Have It" had anything to do with Cold Stone, but we put "She's Gotta Have It." Yeah, like it, loving, gotta have it in your sizes. This is a gotta have it size Cold Stone creamy mm. treat, and the movie is called "She's Gotta Have It," the directorial debut of Spike Lee. Um, I was, I thought you were going to get there, Matt. I was pulling for you. You were uh, like, you so had to close. gotta have it. <laughs> I knew the ice cream part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had That's it right there. That's important. That's what, it's always fun because when we're playing like this, if we were playing as a team like we normally do, then you would have said that if we didn't know. And we're like, oh, okay, Spike Lee. Um, yeah, for sure. After five questions in the second round, it looks like uh, Pain in the Grass picked up 30 points. Uh, nice round there, uh, bringing their total to 95 currently. And Whale Sounds picking up 40 points, bringing our total to 150. Okay, let's go into question six here of round two. Category here is stage names. Despite his super cool birth name, singer Daryl Dragon was better known by what name while part of a husband and wife performing duo that won the Grammy for Record of the Year in 1976? Daryl Dragon? And you you changed that? Insane, right? <laughs> you said it was a husband and wife team? 
Yeah. Yeah, Daryl Dragon was singing with his wife and changed his name from Daryl Dragon to something less cool. What is that? I think I have an idea, but I want to talk it out. There's this one or the other one. I with, with the Yeah, I was thinking of the other one too, but that time period and the, that name it makes I, sense. I think the other one that's the name. Yeah, I think that is the real name. So let's go with your answer. I really like that. Okay. All right, Jake. 1970s music. How how familiar are with any of this? Um Sonny and Cher were married. Yeah, I you know, I thought of Sonny and Cher. I think that that's earlier though. I think by 76 Cher was already almost solo. So I was thinking that this was potentially Captain and Tennille with Captain being the less that's cool definitely name. Definitely not a real name. Captain Dragon. Captain Dragon would be a cooler name. Um that was my first thought, but it could be Sonny Bono. Which, which I, don't, I don't think you can get into politics if your name is Daryl Dragon. That's true. I wouldn't vote for a dragon. I think that Captain's a good bet to lock in with. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, we liked Captain Dragon as well. So we said uh, Captain from Captain and Tennille. Daryl Dragon may be the coolest birth name of all time. Uh, he is better known as Captain of <laughs> Captain and Tennille. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I, did, I had no idea. I've never heard that before. That's awesome, though. Daryl Dragon. Daryl Dragon, yeah. Daryl Dragon question. is about to jump 20 uh, <laughs> reclaimed cars on his uh, moped. There's a, there's a chance <laughs> he could break his spine into dust. Let's see it, everyone. Let's clap for him. Who are the cars reclaimed by? <laughs> it's a, the it's, reclaimers. It was sponsored by the, by the stunt company. Yeah, it was sponsored by uh, New Jersey Repo. Uh, and everyone in the audience were all the people whose cars were repossessed, so they're all really angry and want him to, to, to crash. <laughs> a weird bit. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on from our Daryl Dragon car, truck, whatever you guys were creating, uh, which I appreciated. Your next category here is complete the list. Whose name is missing from the following otherwise complete list? Regis Philbin, Meredith Vieira, Cedric the Entertainer, Terry Crews, Chris Harrison, blank. Oh, did they host it? I think, right? That's the current. Host, right? If it is, then yeah, uh, I'm trying to picture if they're on. Yeah, I guess they are on that program, right? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Um, yeah, I like your guest, Ken. Let's go with it. Okay. Terry Crews hosted Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? How did I not know this? For a little bit, yeah. Oh. Do you know who's who's hosting? Oh, I was thinking of the wrong one. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Jake? I don't. I was thinking, what, what do you do? Good morning with... Uh, oh, Regis and Kelly? Yeah. yeah, that's the other one, though. Neil. There was Regis. Well, that would be because um, Michael Strahan does it with, uh, I think, Kelly Ripa still. Um, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that these are all Who Wants to Be a Millionaire um, hosts. But I, I'm i trying to think of who does it now. So I was thinking of the daytime show. Right. I, but if, if, if that, I, I was thinking. I think we're wrong. Oh, okay. All right. I think we're they're right. right. Yeah. Well, we're right it. in that we know what show it is. We're wrong in that I don't know who the host of this is. Is it a personality? Is it a what is her name? She's Sue Sylvester on uh, Glee. Um, Jane Lynch. I think Jane Lynch hosts Jane it now. Lynch. Oh wait, that's I, cool. I think that's well, possible. If that's in your fourth gut, I like it. Yeah, I think I think we'll lock in with Jane Lynch. 
Yeah, I was thinking of the daytime show. So I said that the football player. Yeah, because you show me uh, your teeth, and I said, and I knew you meant Michael Strahan. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know his name. <laughs> I thought I thought he did host Millionaire, but I also wrote down Tom Bergeron from Dancing with the Stars. I don't think so. I feel but like anyways, I... we lacked in with Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. Okay, so it is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire hosts. Uh, you guys have named hosts of other shows. Michael Strahan, I think, is the current host for Pyramid, $100,000 Pyramid or something. Mm. Jane Lynch is currently hosting The Weakest Link. That's what I saw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so during the pandemic, Millionaire came back with a celebrity-only version for a couple months. Uh, and it was actually David Chang, the celebrity chef, won a million dollars, <laughs> the first celebrity contestant to win a million dollars. The host of that show was Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Duh. yeah, they had the app and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy Kimmel, your points on that one. Man, I thought Jane Lynch was a good poll. I was so no, it was. It. When you said it, I was like, I think it might be Weakest Link, but you could be right. Yeah. I saw a billboard with her for some kind of quiz show, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Question eight of round two. Your category is SI units. Uh, what is the only base SI unit with an SI prefix as part of its name? I don't know what the hell that was um, besides uh, Yumi Nu. Yeah, uh, for the for the SI, Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. <laughs> uh, uh, SI in this context is the international system of units. No, oh, don't give them. <laughs> we're clues. done. We're out. We're we're out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, the only units we know are uh, Randy Johnson. So <laughs> that's a big unit. <laughs> and that's a big unit. So we're <laughs> it's Yumi New, right? That's the person's name who's on the cover this year. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So you guys, you got nothing. We got nothing. I was thinking. Kilogram, but the gram is probably yeah. It's got it's got to start with SI, right? That's the. I thought he meant one of the SI prefixes, which are the um, kilo, millimeter, all the yeah. units. Ah, uh, so centimeter is that the base for meter? Because a meter's long. Yeah, it go well. A millimeter smaller than a centimeter. But he's saying, well, I think the way the question's worded is the base unit, the starting point okay. on how they measure it. He, so you'd start with centimeter and go to up. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fair. There's liter. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm just trying to think of all the different measurements. You got weight, which is gram. You got length, which is the meter. You've got other measurements. Uh, I guess centimeter, like that's their version of the inch. Okay. Then we're going to lock in with centimeter. And when you say there, you mean everybody in the world but us. No, I mean everyone that's wrong. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Take Debatable. That 30% uh, of our listeners. We said nothing. Okay, so uh, I've pulled up a list of these seven SI base units uh, because I don't know these off the top of my head. But these are uh, your unit for temperature is the Kelvin Electrical current is the ampere. Time is the second uh, and all those. Um, Length is actually the meter. So no SI prefixes on meter as your base unit. Your base unit for mass is the kilogram, which kilo is a SI prefix. So kilogram Um, is your answer. I said it. So you got to go with your first gut and my fourth gut. And I think together we could figure out some kind of answer here. (laughs) Your next question of round two category is Caribbean islands. Bimini, B-I-M-I-N-I, Bimini, a tiny island located roughly 50 miles off of the east coast of Florida, 
is the closest Caribbean island to the United States. Bimini is part of what country? Where's Jeff when you need him? Yeah, either that, Ken, or... But that, I don't think they would... I think yours is probably better. I think that's the closest. Yeah. All right, we're locked in. I think Jeff would have enjoyed these questions. Make sure you, you have him take a listen or a look at these. Oh, after he's, his, he's, the, uh, he's the proof listener. I edit, and then he makes sure I bleeped everything and mm-hmm. didn't uh, screw up. So if you I have edit, any so. messages for Jeff, say it right now, and he'll hear it. Jeff, uh, make sure you, you let them know if you would have gotten every single question correct. And then <laughs> oh, can... he will. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you put the newspapers down for the dog. Love you, Jeff. We're all helpful here. Um, <laughs> number nine... Where were we at? I forget where we are. Are we on number nine? Yep. Okay. We are. Which the two closest I can think of are Cuba and Puerto Rico. I don't think Puerto Rico is technically a Caribbean island, right? I don't think but so Cuba either. Cuba is. So you want to go Cuba? I know Cuba is very close. Okay. I, I agree. My only other thought was maybe Haiti, which I think, but I think that's too far south. That, that's a good, that's further down. Yeah. So let's go Cuba then. Yeah, just based on the proximity, we also said Cuba. Yeah, so my mental map for Caribbean is not good because that is a very hard thing to do geographically if you're not from there with all the different islands and stuff. Uh, but many of the closest island to the, to the United States in the Caribbean, it is actually part of the Bahamas. Oh, oh that's okay. Right. That was actually my first. That was my first gut. Was it? Yeah, but I, I, as soon as you 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 said Cuba, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I always forget that the Bahamas is that close. Yeah. We no, went there, didn't we? We we went to the oh, Bahamas no, no. and then Kokomo. I didn't go to the Bahamas with you, but I did go with Jeff. That was senior year. You were gone. You were long You gone. actually went to the Bahamas for school? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know Band that. Band trip. Oh, fancy Was it on like a boat school. or yeah, like a, a, we cruise? Took a cruise? That's crazy. Okay. I didn't know that. You just got Canada. I got, well, I got Canada and um, Cleveland. And then, oh, no. and then I got New York and nothing wrong with Cleveland, but no. you know Bahamas, Cleveland. And I got yeah. New York and Disney World for choir, so I, that's cool. I had a good mix. The closest I've gotten to leaving the country was Atmore, Alabama, on the <laughs> Creek Reservation. So you're stuck inside a mobile, is what you're saying? What you I'm do so is, I can't leave the country. <laughs> if you're in Mobile, you just go to uh, a World Market store if you have one of those, and you can see uh, many different things <laughs> from around the world. Right. Have some, have some crackers from Japan. Yeah, it's like being there. Yeah, I've never been to the Caribbean, but my wife, Christine, is always telling me that we need to go on a cruise there because she went just before we started dating. She went with her mom and her brother and said they had a fantastic time and definitely something we want to check out. We actually we had a chance to go to Paris, which was just fantastic. And I would recommend it and would go back. And that was probably one of the best trips of my life. That was awesome. Yeah. And there's always there's a nice little road that if you walk at at night, uh, a car will pull up. As long as you get in the car, you'll go back to the 1920s. Yeah, we were actually walking on that road, um, and we were going to wait for the car, but then we saw Owen Wilson, and he freaked us out, so we went the other way. <laughs> Even more freaky, it was actually Luke Wilson. Oh, no. <laughs> Why is he here? <laughs> Let's go ahead and do your final question of round two. Literary names is your category. An author who wrote 23 children's tales from 1902 to 1930, and a literary character who appeared in seven novels from 1997 to 2007, both share what last name? Which series are you talking about? That the series. <laughs> the series. The series. With the unfortunate stuff that happens. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um Surgeon Events. <laughs> well, I know Somewhat unfortunate. I know the author's the fake author's name, a stage name. No, no, no. The 
the um, you're looking for a character, the character from, the series. from the series of fortunate unfortunate events has the same last name is it that as an author i can't really link this up so let's go with your original answer that was a guess and uh we'll lock in do you have any idea on what the 97 to 2007 book series is um no because my thought was that it's harry potter harry potter um that's the right time yeah so i started thinking of characters and i i think Longbottom might be an author long bottom yeah but then i started thinking uh hermione granger um what's a ronald weasley is there a weasley author maybe any of those jump out at you what about granger granger is workplace like yeah my dad used to work there at the printing delivery people (laughs) Um, maybe the... go to your fifth gut and just stick with long bottoms. Yeah, first. let's go. My fifth gut with long bottom. I think you you, s- n- you never considered Potter. Yeah, I think you said the answer, even though we we locked in with uh, Frank L. Baum, which is wrong. But when you said Harry Potter, I was like, oh, Beatrix Potter wrote oh, kids no. books. So we we locked in with Baum though. It is Beatrix and Harry Potter. Uh, we need to uh, we need to be on the same team, guys. That's <laughs> that's what it is. That's the problem. Yeah, collectively, you guys would be getting every question, but without collectively, you're missing them. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> yeah. It just shows us how much we need to be together. Uh, after regulation, it looks like Team Pain in the Grass is picking up 10 more points, bringing their total before the final round to 105, and Team Whale Sounds also picking up just 10 points, bringing their total to 160. So uh, before we get to the final round, thank you for the Whale Sounds, Ken. <laughs> Um, before we get to the final round, figure out uh, who's going to win with the, all these wagers. It's anybody's game, really, at this point. Uh, Bill, you said for Triviality listeners who are listening right now, you have a very special uh, code and offer for them. Yeah, so uh, bptrivia.com, the website, um, it's subscription-based. You can sign up for uh, $5 a month or $50 a year to play uh, any and all content on the website. If you're listening to this episode, uh, we have a special offer for Triviality listeners. If you go to bptrivia.com slash triviality, uh, you'll be taken to a sign-up page to get one free month of BP Trivia. So you can try it out for a month, uh, play around with it, and see if you like it. And if, if you like it, please continue playing and supporting us. But if you don't, then you know, no harm, no foul. You can try it out. So once again, that's bptrivia.com slash triviality, and you can grab a free month of BP Trivia. You have nothing to lose, people. That's true. But we have a lot to lose. But a lot to gain. And a lot to gain. Uh, so speaking <laughs> of losing and gaining, uh, Bill, what are our categories that we're going to be wagering on today? Yeah, so we have five final questions tonight uh, in the categories of episode titles, 21st century actresses, rock and roll hall of famers, business numbers, and board game potpourri. All the wagers are now locked in. Both teams are living large, uh, 20s all the way down for uh, In the Grass. What do you guys call them? Pain in the Grass. Pain in the Grass. And uh, Whale Sounds, uh, putting it all in on the table, 30 points each. Looking to make a big splash. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go and start with your first final question. The category is episode titles. The word dick appears in the titles of 110 of the 139 total episodes of what TV sitcom that debuted on January 9th, 1996? 
21st Century Actresses, winning Best Supporting Actress for her performance in the 2014 film Clouds of Sils Maria, who is the only American actress to win an acting award at the César Awards, the French equivalent of the Oscars. This 34-year-old actress earned her first American Oscar nomination in 2022. Your next question, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Mel Mel, The Kid Creole, Keith Cowboy, Scorpio, and Raheem made up what quintet that, along with their leader in 2007, became the first hip-hop group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Your next question, business numbers. Added to the Dow in 1997, what company, with roughly 2,300,000 employees and 10,500 locations worldwide, has the alphabetically last stock symbol in the Dow Jones Industrial Average? And your final, final question, board game potpourri, which Clue character, or Cluedo for our international listeners, was replaced by Dr. Orchid in 2016? Dr. Orchid takes over this character's starting spot between the kitchen and the ballroom. All right, we have our questions. We'll be right back with our best answers. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or would, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all the answers are now locked in. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive final here, so let's see how things shake out. Let's hear those questions one more time. We'll give our answers. All right, so your first question, episode titles. The word dick appears in the titles of 110 of the 139 total episodes of what TV sitcom that debuted on January 9th, 1996? 
Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite shows, uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Yep, um, doing some research on something with that, and I just happened to learn about it uh, a couple weeks ago. We said Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, the character Dick Solomon, John Lithgow, uh, his character's name appears in most of the episode titles. It is Third Rock from the Sun. 21st Century Actresses, winning Best Supporting Actress for her performance in the 2014 film Clouds of Sils Maria, who is the only American actress to win an acting award at the César Awards, the French equivalent of the Oscars. This, and I erroneously said 34-year-old originally, she is 32 years old. This 32-year-old actress earned her first American Oscar nomination earlier this year. So for this one, um, I, I wasn't sure initially. I was trying to think of what actresses that are American do the French love. Uh, and I said, who would have gotten an Oscar nomination for the first time this past year? Uh, and then when I said the actress's name, Ken said that they were in the movie, which I didn't hear of before. I think. You think. Um, but I'm pretty sure Kristen Stewart is loved by the French and was just nominated this past year for the first time. So that's what we locked in with. Oh, that's a good guess. Uh, we went with a name that sounded French and we said Jessica Chastain. Just a little French. Just a little. This is one of my favorite trivia questions of this episode. I really, really like this fact that she won a Cesar Award in 2014 before anyone even respected her in America as an actress, and uh, no other American actress has done it. She did earn her first Oscar nomination this year. She played Diana Spencer in the movie Spencer. It is Kristen Stewart. Wow. Yeah, Twilight took a real dent out of certain people's careers, and they had to work their way back up, Yep. even yeah. though they're great. And now one's yeah, Batman. Two people specifically. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And Kristen Stewart is legitimately a fantastic actress. Like if you watch yeah. Twilight, she's not the most fun or the best, but like any other movie, she's fantastic. And my my friend Andy has gotten me hard on Kristen Stewart. She's she's fantastic. So nice. Good to get on that one. Uh, that was also statistically the hardest question of the game from the website. So good job, Neil good and Ken. Yeah, it was a team effort. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers was your next question. Mel Mel, the Kid Creel, Keith Cowboy, Scorpio and Raheem made up what quintet that, along with their leader in 2007, became the first hip-hop group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This one uh, was someone uh, who sort of ushered in the world of hip-hop, uh, you know, with DJing and whatnot. Uh, we locked in with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Yeah, that's five of them. We figured that was the Furious Five. We said Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Both of you correct? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Your next question was business numbers, not business ethics, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Added to the Dow in 1997, what company with roughly 2,300,000 employees and 10,500 locations worldwide has the alphabetically last stock symbol in the Dow Jones Industrial Average? Boy, that's a lot of employees and locations. And uh, this company comes pretty late in the alphabet. We said Walmart. Yeah, it's a good thing it's not about business ethics because we also said Walmart. <laughs> Got him. Take that, Walmart. <laughs> Alphabetically last on the Dow Jones is Walmart. In your final, final question, board game potpourri, which clue or Cluedo character was replaced by Dr. Orchid in 2016? Dr. Orchid takes over this character's starting spot between the kitchen and the ballroom. This one, thankfully, uh, I learned from watching Matt's stream, uh, which you can catch at uh, twitch.tv slash trivialitymatt uh, every so often here. Maybe you'll be using some BB trivia questions. You never know. It's possible. Uh, but this one, uh, we believe they changed it because they didn't want a housekeeper um, in the game anymore, and they changed uh, it from Mrs. White. So that's what we locked in with. Yeah, I definitely learned this while doing research for a question that I used on my stream at twitch.tv slash trivialitymatt that you can catch all the time, so please subscribe. Uh, we said Mrs. White. Yeah, Dr. Orchid in 2016 replaced the housekeeper, Mrs. White. 
The game is over, and it looks like with the scores tallied, uh, Team Pain in the Grass picking up 60 points, bringing their total to a respectable 165 points. 165 grasses cut. That's true. It's a lot of uh, money to put it's in the a lot jar. Of blades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to go to the end of the year concert or something after you you know mow lawns all summer <laughs> or something. Um, but uh, Pain in the Grass uh, picking up 150 points in the final, bringing well, our total. Pain in the Grass. That's that is that's not a pain in the grass. Whale whale sounds. Whale oh is that what I said? Whale sounds. <laughs> uh we're picking up three hundred and ten points, making us today's uh cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. That's why you don't distract Neil during his announcement. Yeah, after that recap, I think they are no longer the cream of the crop. That yeah, was, I, that was a little math a little is so hard for me. If I get distracted <laughs> doing the score, it, it just ruins it for me. So, but hey, great game. Yeah, no, it was a great game. The the questions were uh, amazing. Really well put together game. Love the the swing round idea. A good challenge. Very good challenge. Uh, we'll we'll get to Bill to uh, close us out here. But uh, Jake, thank you very much for joining us today as a contestant, partnering with Matt. Uh, we loved having you on the show. We love your support. Uh, any, uh, you know, shout outs, final words, uh, anything from you, the floor is yours. I uh, just want to thank my fiance, Carrie, for keeping the fort down with all the dogs we got. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you all for having me on. It's tons of fun and I love the show. We appreciate it. We, we also uh, love uh, seeing your interaction on our Discord channel, which everyone can check out uh, uh, in the show notes. We have a link there to, to get to the Discord channel. So make sure you uh, go join Jake and all the other wonderful folks there if you want to play test or do any of that good Good stuff over there. Uh, Bill, this was an amazing game. Uh, great questions. Uh, great mix of hard, easy, and uh, super hard uh, that was fun to play. Um, the floor is yours. Uh, make sure we can tell people as much about BP Trivia, especially the bptrivia.com slash triviality offer code as well. Yeah, like I said, bptrivia.com slash triviality gets you a free month of BP Trivia. So if you want to come try it out, play all our quizzes. We do uh, eight blitzes and special quizzes every month. We do a monthly 100. We have a BP Championship Series, which is questions every day and it's competitive and ranks and ladders and finals qualifications and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, so make sure you do check us out. Uh, we would really appreciate that. And hopefully you guys like it and you can stick around. Um, one thing I want to point out that I thought was interesting. So for the questions that I ran today, uh, I took them all from old BP championship series questions. So you can kind of get a taste for the format and the questions that we'll be asking. Uh, the final five questions that I asked were statistically the hardest five questions of the set. And I feel like those were the five questions you guys struggled on the least. (laughs) which is very interesting. So it might actually t- be a testament to like, there's something for everyone on BP Trivia because like, even if you think that the questions that weren't as hard were challenging or the ones that are challenging weren't as hard, you kind of, you know, get your, uh, get your taste and like it's, it's, it's for all kinds of different people. So uh, that was very interesting to watch play. Um, I actually, uh, if you guys ever want to talk to me after the podcast and see which questions, like how they played and how you guys did on uh, compared to how everyone played on the website, we can definitely go over that too. So that was awesome. very, very fun for me to watch it all unfold and, and, and all that stuff. So thank you guys so much for letting me do this. And you guys, uh, you guys were great. I appreciate you guys so much. And, and, and this show is great. And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks to you, Bill. Of course. Uh, and you can uh, join Bill and all these wonderful questions again at bptrivia.com. If you want to check out the offer code, just add triviality after the slash there. Uh, for Matt, Ken, Jake, Bill, and uh, Jeff, who is uh, engaging in some puppy love right now, uh, like Donny Osmond, uh, you can... Uh, <laughs> Uh, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Oh, yeah, fans of the movie That Thing You Do, they are from Erie, Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly. Uh, fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. I really like that one. It is a good uh, movie. They just play that song too much, though. 
<laughs> that's the point of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, follow up trivia question on that thing you do. Do you know who wrote uh, the song that thing you do? He uh, he was more famous for a song that he wrote in the early 2000s about a titular female character. Uh, Steve Zahn. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think it's the dude who wrote uh, Stacy's mom, Fountains of it's, Wayne. Yeah, it is. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know his name, though. What's his name? That's cool. Wayne. Uh, Wayne? Adam yeah. Schlesinger? Yeah. Yeah, I that's think? right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's is, talented. That is interesting. Yeah, he wrote a lot of songs well, for different, I think music and lyrics with Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. He wrote a lot of those 80s pop songs as well. Mm-hmm. 